Hello and welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. Good evening. Those of you who do not know me, I pretty much know everybody here, but those of you who don't, uh, my name is Chris Lockhart, and I have the honor and the privilege of reading God's word with you today and going over his message and learning what it's like to be a true follower of Jesus. When I was about 10 years old, I really, really wanted to be a surfer so bad. And my bro- I had two older brothers. My brothers didn't surf and my dad didn't surf, my mom didn't surf, I had friends that they didn't surf, but, but I wanted to be a surfer so bad. And it wasn't that it was the act of surfing, it was the lifestyle that I was so infatuated with. I wanted to be a surfer so I could live this lifestyle. And every time we would go to the grocery store, I would tell my mom, I would beg her, please buy me a surfing magazine so I can go home and I would cut out and tear out all the pages and I would plaster them all over my walls in my room. And I had so many pictures of surfers in my room that you couldn't even tell what color my room was painted. And I was so into that lifestyle, but the only problem was is that I didn't live anywhere near the beach. I lived in La Habra, California, where I grew up. And we had this street called Beach Boulevard. And if you drive down Beach Boulevard all the way to the end, it would dead end into Huntington Beach where it went right to the sand. But on the way home, if you drove all the way back on Beach Boulevard, you would go through traffic lights, you would go through traffic, and sometimes 45 minutes to an hour, it would dead end. And that was where I would live in La Habra, is where it dead end. So it was really difficult for me to get my mom to drive 45 minutes to take me to the beach and wait for me in the car and wait for me to surf and then drive me 45 minutes back home again, it was impossible. So I, could, I couldn't even ask her. So I had to wait till I get older until, until I can bum a ride off of somebody or I can take a bus or, or I can drive myself and, and get my own license. So I had to wait. And, um, you know, but I always had this dream of, of living this lifestyle. And it's funny because my mom and dad would would drive to Laguna Beach and they would go like every, every four or five months. And I was kind of like, a, like an only child because my brothers were both 10 and 12 years older than I was. And so I'd always tag along with my mom and dad and here I am sitting in the back seat and they're driving to Laguna Beach. And every time we would drive to the beach, they would turn on the Beach Boys in the car. And it was super cheesy and they'd never listen to the Beach Boys any other time unless we were going to the beach. But here I was I, was, I was 10 years old and, and I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm, I'm listening to these songs and the songs and the music are all about the lifestyle of surfing. It's all about the beach and, and the waves and, and, and the warmth of the sun and I was like, this is what I wanna do, this is what I wanna be. And when we got to Laguna Beach, it was so much different than Huntington. They had, had cliffs and it had coves and, and there was art galleries everywhere and the art had everything to do with surfing and, and the waves and the beach and there were surf shops there and I was just like, I am going to do this. No matter how long it takes, I am going to surf and I'm going to live this lifestyle. And you know, fast forward 20 years later, I become a surfer, I'm living the dream, I'm living the lifestyle and I'm in the grocery store and I'm, I'm checking out 
And the guy ringing me up asked me, he says, how was the surf today? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't don't know this guy. And I've never seen him before. I'm pretty sure he doesn't know me. And we have this conversation. He says, waves are great. And we, we go back and forth. We talk about surfing for a long time. And I go back to the car and I start thinking to myself, how did that guy know that I was a surfer? And then more importantly, like, how did I know that he was a surfer? And, and there's, this, there's a certain vibe, there's a certain lifestyle, there's a, there's a certain uh, vibe that we project, right? And all of us, especially surfers, we all, we all speak like we're stoned and even though we're sober, we have this, this heavy bro accent, right? And... Um, we usually have like sunburned noses and we've got weird tan lines, right? And especially in the wintertime, we've got this like neck tan from our wetsuits. Um, our, our hair might get lighter from the sun, but, but there's something that sets us apart that's distinct about someone being a surfer. And I can pick them out. I know, I, I know a surfer when I see one. And so that's mu- that must be what he saw in me. And I, I got to thinking, you know, it's like, what if people looked at us as Christians and saw what we did, saw how we acted. Maybe it was because of our love. Maybe it was because of what we did. Maybe it was our giving. But maybe, what if people looked at us and saw what we did and realized that we belonged to Jesus? And unfortunately, that's not how the world sees us. If, if, you, go to, if you do a Google search and you type in, why are Christians... So, and then push enter. And you get all the stuff that comes up. You get, and it's all negative. It's all bad. I mean, the, the top line is, why are Christians so hypocritical? Why are Christians so mean? Why are Christians so judgmental? And the list goes on and on and on and on. And it's sad. And page after page, I'm like on page four, and it's, it's still bad. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I, I just, I'm brokenhearted. And, and, and we must have something wrong here. Or we must not, these people must not be Christians. So I started thinking to myself, well, what is it like to be a Christian? What is a Christian? And, and a Christian is a follower of Christ, right? So then I looked at, I went into Matthew chapter 16, and I looked at what Jesus said was the criteria for being a Christian, and what lifestyle he had for us, living a life of being a Christian. So let's look at Matthew 16. I got to put on my old man glasses here because I can't see anything. So we'll go to verse 24. And Jesus says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with the angels And then he will reward each according to his works. So Jesus says back in verse 24, if anyone desires to follow me, if you want to be a follower of me, he says if anyone, first of all, right? 
And, and anyone means anyone. It doesn't mean just the disciples or the apostles or, or anybody in church leadership. It means if anybody, if anyone desires him, he must first deny himself. And what does that mean to deny himself? Deny yourself means simply it's not about you anymore. Once you give your life to Jesus and once you become a follower of him, it's not about you anymore. It's all about him. Matter of fact, in, in, uh, Paul and James and Jude, they all say in some of their letters in the New Testament, they say, this is Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. What is a bondservant? A bondservant is a volunteer slave of Jesus Christ. They voluntarily decided that they were going to be slaves to Jesus Christ. And what is a slave? Well, a slave doesn't have any rights. A slave doesn't have a life. They've given up their life completely for their master. Their life does not become theirs anymore. It becomes their master's life. Everything has to do with their master, and that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, this is what it's like. If you want to follow me, you need to be my slave. Life no longer belongs to you. Paul said, your life doesn't belong to you, right? He said, you were bought with a price. And yet in this world, it's all about me. With social media that's out there, everything has to do about us. It's, it's wild what we see out there with, with Facebook and with, with Twitter and, and Instagram and, and Snapchat and, and the new thing now is TikTok. It, it's all about me. It's about, look at me, look at my selfies that I took today. Look at, look at where I'm at. And, and I'm guilty of it too. I, I have an Instagram and, and I've got pictures of me and videos of me surfing on there. And I'm like, look at me, how awesome I am. Look at how good I surf. Look at me with my family and we're on vacation at this really cool spot that you're not at. This is me. And, and it's, it's, it's horrible. And I, and I see people posting selfies like crazy. They're posting pictures of themselves all the time. And I see girls like, like I'm on my way to work. You know, it's Tuesday. Here I am. And, and the truth be known, she probably took about 60 photos of herself just to try to get like the right lighting and the right angle, right? And, and, and probably had to go through a, a ton of photos until she picked the right one, right? And we all have these, like, these editing tools that we can take out all of our wrinkles and we could take out all the blemishes that we have. And, and we've got these filters, right? We can put filters on, on us and we, can, and, and we can make us look tan and all kinds of stuff. And, and this lady is making it look like, hey, this is just ordinary me on my way to work on a regular Tuesday, and it, it's not the truth at all, right? <laughs> so, so it's, it, and then the comments, you know, the comments are like, you know, uh, you, you look beautiful, girl. Girl, you, you're awesome. Go get it today, girl, and all this stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and the yeah, the filters. I'll share filters with you later. I've got a couple of really good ones. But, 
but we see these things and, and we, we see this praise and these likes that we get and, and we pat ourselves on the back. We said, yeah, you know, this is, I am, I am beautiful. I am good. And it becomes all about, it comes all about me. Um, it's dangerous with our children. If you have children, I, I have got four children and, and growing up in this social media age, um, there, there's this, this false sense of gratification that they get from posting things about themselves all the time. And it's, it's horrible, but it's, they're always looking to see how many likes I got. You know, did my video go viral on, on TikTok? And it becomes all about them. It becomes all about me. Actually, um, what this is, I think it is Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 3. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good. This is what's going to happen in the last days. We are living in the last days. We're seeing this. We are lovers of ourselves. And our children are disobedient. They have no respect. And, and this is how our children are, even the way that our children are growing up and how they're, how they're raised now. It's just, it's wild because the parents have no control over their children. And they let them do whatever they want to do, right? Well, don't, don't tell Johnny to stop doing that because you know what he's going to do. He's going to throw some fit and we don't want him to do that. So just let him do whatever he wants to do. And they grow up later on in life and, and they become entitled, because they've never been told no before. They're growing up with, with this, this recognition of themselves. It's, everything's centered around them and they get in their real life situation and they can't handle themselves. Everybody's entitled to something without working hard at anything. It's awful. And no wonder why they're disobedient to their parents in Timothy. It says they're disobedient to their parents because they have no respect for them. Their parents let them do whatever they want to. It's all about me. If you go to, if you, if you know the story of the rich young ruler, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and uh, he asked Jesus, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, he gives him the Ten Commandments and he says, yes, I do all that stuff. You know, I, I, I've kept the Ten Commandments since I was little. And he said, great, but there's one thing that you're still lacking. Sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me. He said, he got really sad because he couldn't do that. God was not number one in his life. It was all about him. It was all about his possessions. It's all about what he had. And that's the way we're living our lives now. That's the way I see it in the world. It's all about us and not about him. We have to put him first in front of everything that we do. Paul says even when we go to work and we're working, work as if you're working for God and not for man. 
do things for him, put him first. And yet, we're lost somehow. We think that if we go to church every Sunday, or I've said a prayer to God, then I'm in. And yet we don't live the lifestyle. As a matter of fact, we live this lifestyle and we try to fit Jesus into our lifestyle. We try to get him in somehow. And that's, Jesus said, no, that's not how it works. I'm the lifestyle. Follow me first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these other things will be added unto you. Yet we don't see it that way. We kind of put God in our back pocket and use him when we want to. We don't put him first. Well, probably one of the scariest verses I've, I've ever read in all of the Bible is Matthew 7, 21 through 23. So if we go to Matthew 7, 21 to 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not prophesied in your name. Have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice Lawlessness. This is the scariest thing I've ever read. Because what this says is that there are many of us that think that we're going to heaven. There are many of us that think that we are Christians. And we shouldn't be deceived. And don't get me wrong, I, 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 please don't misunderstand my words an altar call and saying a prayer to Jesus is a wonderful thing. It's an amazing thing. And Jesus actually did notice, noticing and realizing that you are a sinner and that you need a savior. And what Jesus did for us and died on the cross is amazing. And that we become children of God and that we turn from our old lifestyle and we turn to a new lifestyle. This is awesome. But if it's just a decision and not a lifestyle, if it's, if it's just deciding to do something and never doing it, it's worthless. It's just, I, I can choose to eat better and be healthier. I can choose to join a gym, gym and go to the grocery store and buy good foods. But if I don't eat the food and, and if I don't go to the gym, what good is my decision? And I think a lot of us are under the false impression that we're in. We say this prayer. We go to church. We do this, these things. And we say to God, I said, Lord, I, 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 I went to church every Sunday. I, I went to Bible school every week. And God said, why are you calling me Lord for? I was never Lord of your life. You were the Lord of your life. I wasn't Lord of your life. I don't even know you. Depart from me. It's probably one of the scariest things I've ever read in the Bible. And if you think about how many Christians there are, 
in this world and how many Christians fill up churches. There's a, there's a good high probability that there are a lot of them that, that are in that boat, that think they are going to heaven. And Jesus has other things in mind. He said, this is, this is not... This is not sufficient. You have to give your life to me. You have to give everything to me. Your life is not your own anymore. And he goes on in saying in in Matthew 16, where am I here? Not only, if you want to follow me, do you have to deny yourself, but you have to take up your cross. And so I I think a lot of people misinterpret that. Um, I think a lot of us think of it, our cross is like our burden that we carry. Um, like a lot of people say, like, my element is my burden, my cross to bear, right? And, and this is not what he's talking about at all. Jesus is saying, look, I, I'm going to be crucified. I'm on my way to die for you. I'm on my way to be humiliated, to be persecuted, to be spit on, to be beaten, and ultimately die. If you want to be my follower, you have to be willing to do the same. You have to be willing to be persecuted, to be made fun of, to be mocked, to be beaten, and ultimately to die for me, if you want to be one of my followers. And that's true in in churches that we see, in underground churches in other parts of the world. You know, if they catch you in an underground church worshiping God, they'll take you out and they'll beat you, if not kill you. And Christians in other parts of the world, they live their lives through this verse. They've given their life to Jesus, even in death. And even if they get caught, they've given their life to him. So this is what Jesus says to be a follower of him. You know, it's very easy for us. We're not in this a third world country and we're not persecuted and we can, we can worship God anytime that we want to. And we take things for granted. And when we take things for granted, we kind of, we live our lives sometimes in this world and, and we live sometimes in Jesus. And we do things sometimes on Sunday and we live for God, but during the week we just, there's nothing to do with God. And Jesus said, you can't do that. You can't live with one foot in this world and one foot in me. You can't. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate the other one. You can't do both. Matter of fact, when Jesus talks about, when, in Revelation, when the letter to the churches, Laodicea, he says to the church in Laodicea, he says, you're not even hot or cold. You're lukewarm, and you disgust me. I want to spew you out of my mouth. It's either all or nothing. If you want to follow me, I want all of you. I don't want some of you. I don't want you just on Sunday. I don't want you just in your Bible study group. I want all of you. You belong to me. Some of these words that Jesus has said is, is really shakes me up because this message is for me. 
I live my life for Jesus sometimes, and sometimes I live this life for me, for my family. My God sometimes are my children in my business, and it's not him. Jesus said it doesn't work that way. And sometimes we need to realize who we are. There are, the church has known for a long time that we are in the last days, without a doubt. And we know that we're in the last days because there's all these things that are happening that Jesus says are gonna happen before he comes again. All these things are happening, and, and Brandon's going to talk more about it, and Corey's going to talk more about it. But there's all these things that are happening leading up. If this were a football game, it would be the fourth quarter. We're living in the fourth quarter. And more importantly, I think we're living in the two-minute warning. And those of you that are not familiar with the two-minute warning, it's a forced timeout in a football game. They force you to take a timeout to warn you to tell you that if you're not winning this football game, you don't have very much time left. You better do something. You better do something now. We don't realize it. Just go on living our lives like everything's fine. We don't realize who we are, who God's created us to be, the creator of this earth, this heaven, and the stars, and You know, there's more stars in the sky than there are sands on every beach in the world. And all the galaxies that he created, you know, the pinnacle of his creation, the pinnacle of his creation is you. And the crazy thing is, is that he chose you before he created everything. He chose you. Not only did he choose you, but of all the people that he's created, He chose you to live in the fourth quarter. He chose you to live in the two-minute warning. So we have a job to do. Jesus is coming again. We need to prepare the way for his second coming. We need to get our lives right first. And we need to tell others. And hopefully that by our lifestyle of being a Christian, that people would look to us and know that we belong to Jesus based on what we do. There's scripture, I, I believe it's in Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before man that they may see the good that you do and give glory to God. Let them see We are Christians by our love, by our kindness, by our lifestyle. Let us be ready for the second coming of the King. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your stern words, God. We need a wake-up call, Lord. We have life too easy here. Lord, just I thank you for your mercy and your kindness. I thank you, God, that you chose us, Lord, that you chose us to be yours, that you chose us to live with you, and that you, you prepared a place for us. There'd be no more suffering and, and no more hurt 
and anxiety, be joy and happiness and peace. We just thank you, God, that you chose us for that. Lord, let us recommit ourselves to you, God. Let us lay down our lives for you, Lord. Let us be bondservants of you, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. Be with us this week, God. Let us put you first in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. May God's love for you renew your hope today, and may his face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so on our website, renewinghope.church. Until next time, 